All right, so top of the show, we're actually going to do an intro this time. We never we never do an intro, <laughs> Dennis, but this time we're going to actually get welcome everyone very warmly to well, have a listen. The to whole this. vibe is we want you to like the we talked about this before. We wanted the podcast to feel like you're arriving to meet your friends at a bar and they're already having a conversation, and you yeah. sit down. They're like, oh, listen to this. And, yeah. they, and you and you're clued in, right? And you that's don't, the, but you don't get to actually talk. You just sit there in silence and listen to us talk. And you don't, you don't. We we completely. We know you're there, but we don't pay any attention to you at all. You if know, you've ever like, hung out with just me and Riley and one other person, it is start strikingly similar to that. Actually, yeah, a lot of our mutual friends will probably say, "Yeah, no, Dennis and Riley being in the same room together is just basically an impromptu episode of Have a Listen to This." A lot of the time, yeah, it's just ben. an. It's just a nerd thing. I remember a road trip one time with me, you, and Vince, where Vince and I just talked about Metal Gear Solid at you for about four hours. You were like, this yeah, has to stop. Yeah, and, and Vince had exactly the same energy. It was like, no, 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 no. All you need, like the exact same energy as you. It's like, no, no, no. You don't like Metal Gear Solid yet just because I haven't talked about it to you enough, right? Like It hasn't, it hasn't, <laughs> the Stockholm Syndrome, the Shadow Moses Syndrome hasn't set in. All I need is just to say enough words to you about MGS and you'll be a fan. Like that's the philosophy that you've had with Metal Gear Solid. Like not even playing the games as much, really. It was just you explaining everything to me that was you thought was really going mm. to win me over. Um, it didn't, and I'm sorry about that. Anyway, no, we've got a couple of things to address, Dennis, um, because yes. we did forget that last week was the, we'll say last week, the last episode we put out was the 100th yep. episode. Um, yep. Sorry about that, everyone. Didn't do anything special for it. We'll get them next time. Episode 200. Episode 1000. I'm, Epis- only, doing, I'm only doing digit increments. <laughs> yeah. Episode 1000 is going to be huge. It's going to be a blowout. We're going to save up the energy uh for what we were planning for episode 100 shame we couldn't get across the line we're going to multiply that by 100 episode 1000 is going to be an absolute blowout that's going to be incredible so mark your dance cards for mm-hmm. that um yeah didn't do anything special because yeah we just forgot so oops yeah i wish there was a better reason behind it but there is <laughs> um also haven't published an episode for two weeks uh didn't forget about well, that we took our we, we took us we took a break we took a break for episode 100 right? so we get we had two what weeks but the things we didn't explain that didn't tell anyone about that break that we didn't plan and weren't actually, you know, didn't, weren't going to have. It just happened. And only Oops. decided this morning when you were like, oh, hang on, we just missed two after episode 100. That's not an unreasonable thing to do. And now you were like, nice, yes. It kind of, yeah, it kind of like, it annoys me when podcasts don't give you updates as to why they're not updating. Um, so sorry about that. I've, I've, re- I've, I've dropped the ball on that one. But I, who, who can say whose fault it is, really, Dennis? Well, I can. It's yours. I am happy to, s- why is it mine? I don't know, man, because I I knew I, I knew I just feel like I had to come out swinging because I knew you were going to come for me. I'm not going to come for you super hard. Um, normally, it is my fault when we miss recording or have to record late or something. I can, truthfully, a lot of it is like the sun's fault because we're not off the sides of the world. But normally, it's my fault because mm. I'm going away to something or I have a thing on in the morning or whatever. Mm. Lately, um. You've just been a lot busier, Riley, yeah. which is good. You're like, oh, I have trivia night. Oh, I have people come. Oh, I'm going to Melbourne. Oh, I'm actually really tired from all the working and hanging out with friends I've been doing. And look, <laughs> if I'm just not a priority anymore, that's all right. Dude, come on, man. See, this is why I had to come out <laughs> swinging. I knew this was going to happen. And it's awful because it's not just like baseless accusations. It's guilt as well that you're piling on top of me. Oh, 13,000. Oh, okay. This is the third thing we have to get into now. So. Apologies that we haven't had updates the last two weeks. Uh, not something we plan on continuing to do, but um, yeah, I've, I've, I have had a... I, I color code everything on my Google Calendar um, with vastly contrasting colors as well because I can't tell. There are three colors that are exactly the same. The peacock, the lavender, and the, uh, the 
I don't even know what color, calendar color. Um, exactly. Oh, the same. bluey purpley one, I yeah, assume. They're all the same. Um, so uh, I have a, a bright spray of colors across it, and I tell you what, it looks like it looks like someone, it looks like a, a kid's finger painting. Uh, my mm. my February. It's there's so much going on, but before we get in, because I want to talk, I want to tell you about what happened down in Melbourne. But before we do that, Dennis, you're in a queue of how many thousands of people now? Thirty nine thousand now down to thirteen thousand for um ACDC tickets. Right, Akadaka's coming to Dublin. Are huge fans of Akadaka, so I'm I'm up to I'm up to secure them tickets this morning, and so I got in come, before. How come you're on ticket duty? Right. Uh, she's she's on a plane to Barcelona right now. Oh, with her dad? No, I don't think he knows that these are coming. I think oh, it's a surprise. Bit of a surprise. So, oh, well, and I, I, I'm venturing to guess he doesn't listen to the podcast. So I think we'll, we'll be okay. Not like your mom. Not like uh, my mom. My mom is here, rusted on. She's been texting me, being like, "Where's the where's the podcast?" Wasn't there an update that we were going to get from your mom about something? Oh, oh I don't remember. I forgot. Yeah. Well, we also forgot that it was episode 100. So you can tell that we really take this sort of stuff seriously. Oops. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Um, there was an update. Yeah. So where are we up to? But no, I'm. We're at twelve one two four five five. So I entered at thirty nine thousand, and I was like, "There's no way I'm getting tickets." And I looked up how big Croke Park is, and it's a lot bigger than I thought. So we should be okay, I think. Yeah, like eighty three thousand people. So yeah, you're, uh, you're for a football. That, then that's for that's for a, a game match or a rugby match. I think it's way more for concerts. So, um, so what are we looking at for the for the tickets? How many clams? I I don't know yet. Um, I would imagine I would imagine probably like, my my guess like one hundred twenty clams. That's my guess. That's a lot of money for a ticket. Yeah, I mean, tickets are expensive nowadays, man. It's crazy. Like, I remember, I, I remember buying a Leonard Cohen ticket like seven years ago or something. It was like 120 euro, and I was like, whoa! And now sad. everything's like that. Do you know who doesn't charge that money for his concerts? Ben Gibbard. Little little artist I like to call Benjamin Gibbard. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I think nobody I paid, wants to go. I think I... Excuse me. They had to... Yeah. Add, do, you know, do you know who's going on tour again? The Postal Service and Death Cab for Cutie 20th anniversary tour was so successful that they're doing it again, but now in the 21st year. <laughs> they're going again this That's year That's just now. touring again. There's yeah. no... The, the wrapping has all come off. They're just touring again. No, they're, they're going again, dude. They're going again. I like One of the reasons that I flew to Boston to see the Postal Service live, because it's like, oh, this is a... This is a I'm not going to get the chance to do this again. Turns out... Marquee event, yeah. Definitely yeah. could have. Definitely just could have waited and could have gone again. But uh, no, it's fine. I don't regret a, thing, a single thing. The postal, service, the postal Service don't even do the best version of their most famous song. They don't even well, do the best version of Such Great Heights. Streetlight um, Manifesto version is way better. It's, it's not, that's not true. The Streetlight Manifesto one is definitely the third best. Um, okay. Are you, did Postal Service still come in at second in your no, book? Definitely not. No, Postal Service number one, and then Iron and Wine, I think. But that's just that's that's me. But Ben Gibbard, um, he addresses this. He like it, in the encore of the thing. I think I mentioned he came out and and performed a cover of a cover of his song. That's just performing his song, or is no, it arranged it wasn't, drastically differently? Yeah, exactly, arranged really. Di- anyway, um, good luck with the tickets. Randy, hang on before. Oh, okay. I, I understand that. I know I'm hijacking your topic here, but because before we get too far away from Ben Gibbard, because it has triggered something in me, mm-hmm. I watched something the other day that reminded me of Ben Gibbard and of you especially, because I think it is a touchstone piece of media for you in a way that made me deeply uncomfortable about myself. Do you want to know what it was? Oh, I'm very interested to know what it was. Yes. On Valentine's Day, because Nikki had never seen it, I, yeah. for the first time since seeing it in the cinema, watched 500 Days of Summer. Oh, dude. Oh, man. We can... Oh, I don't want to do... We always end up in film chat, man. Um, But I is, thought you might want to... Because you mentioned it to me a while ago that you watched it again. You're like, uh-oh. 
This is a film. I was talking, you know, Cedric, Cedric Phillips, right? Magic broadcaster extraordinaire. I was talking to him about this film because we, we both have very similar cultural backgrounds in terms of like the music we listened to and the stuff that we were into like the in, in the early 2010s, right? And so we're bonding over that sort of stuff. And we were talking about 500 Days of Summer. I was like, oh, I love that film. He's like, watch it again. I'm like, no, it's like such, a, such a good film. I was like, no, he said, I see, he said, watch it again. I'm like, why? He goes, you will completely change your opinion on it, right? It's not that it's bad. I... I I still liked it. I possibly even liked it more. But yeah, no, I agree. No, no, no. It's not that it's bad. It's that when I watched it the first time, I was like that poor, poor Joseph Gordon-Levitt, mm. misunderstood, mistreated by this, you know, this capricious, unpredictable heartless. woman who like, yeah. yeah, heartless, broke us out, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm just like, oh my goodness, this guy's the worst. It's not just that he's the worst. Even the like, spoilers for a movie that came out in 2007 or something. Yeah. Um, it... Even at the end, when oh, he like the, meets it Autumn, has, it has the worst ending in all of cinema. It has the worst end of any film ever. Well, I think I don't mind that so much, but it cements him as like, oh, he's just looking for a woman yeah. to solve to everything that's yeah. wrong with him, yeah, yeah, yeah. and with no with no give or no. room to grow on yeah. his side. Yeah. And that's exactly how I used to think when I was twenty two years old. You know, I just needed to. The timelines his- of the film don't make a ton of sense. Like, they break up on day 300 or whatever, right? Yeah. And then he runs into her, and she's already, like, a week later engaged to this other guy. I'm like, were you dating them in parallel? What's going on? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> very just, strange. Remember, she just knew, because she's so heartless. She, you know, he was just so full of love. Anyway, go and watch 500 Days of Summer. If, you're, if, you, if you've matured emotionally, it will hit very different to how it was uh, when, we, uh, when we watched it when it first came out. Anyway. Right, if, truly, oh, okay. for a moment, oh, if... something else again. Yeah, go, 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 go. If a double-decker bus killed the both of us. Man, that movie made me hate the Smiths all over again. All fresh, all over again. What do you mean? You don't like the Smiths? Not really. What's wrong with the Smiths? They're just a bit whiny. Yes, I think that's the whole point, Dennis. Yeah, it's like Claptrap and Borderlands is annoying on purpose. It's still annoying. Morris is still whiny. Uh, I don't mind. There's I, a light that it never goes out. I like of, that song. There's actually. a lot of adjectives you can ascribe to War- Morrissey these days. I wouldn't say whiny is very diplomatic now these days to call him whiny. Yes, that's know. true. Yes, he's whiny, um, but in an all, but, new, all, all different way. Yeah. Please, please let me get what I want. Is, is I think is a, is a dangerous song. Yeah. It's like okay, that that describes the film perfectly. Actually, yeah, that's true. I don't know. They've just got so much cultural cachet with me because you know they're the Smiths. You're a millennial. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Dennis. I want to tell you about what uh, happened when I went down to Melbourne, right? Because I had a great time. Okay. But it's always an interesting experience going back down to Melbourne. It's always something that makes me wonder, like, did I do the right thing in moving to Queensland? Because, like, part of me is still in, like, it's still my home in some way. Like, part of me will always, I think, belong to Melbourne because I grew up there and I've got such, you know, a strong, I don't know, sense of attachment to the city. But then, I've always, I was always a little bit surprised you didn't move back to Melbourne when you moved back to Australia, to be honest. I kind of well, thought that was going to be the plan until you were like, I want to move to the Sunshine Coast. Biggest reason I just can't, can't afford it. Um, Fair enough. It is like absurdly expensive to live in Melbourne. The, the property. One of them, they're just metropolitan cities. Just it is what it is. Just, well, it, it's one of the most, like, I think behind Sydney, um, it's one of the most unaffordable uh, cities on earth in terms of property prices. Not just. Like, relative to income and all that sort of stuff. Melbourne is, yeah, it's awful. That's um, crazy. Australia has nothing but space. What's going on? I guess most of us don't have We just don't have houses. There's a massive housing defi- de- deficit in this, in this country. Huge. Tens of thousands of houses we need. Tens Same of here, thousands. Man. Right? Yeah. Anyway. So, going to Melbourne. Um, the city has changed as well. I caught myself halfway through this sentence. Unironically, didn't 
think about it, but just started saying it, realize, not realizing how ridiculous it was going to sound because the city is very different. Skyscrapers, developments, um, high-rise apartments all over the place. And I was in the middle of saying to my sister, I was in the middle of saying, yeah, it's wild. I go away for what, like 10 years and the city is completely different. And then I realized, yeah, you go away for 10 years. Yes, mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. They can, they didn't have, they should, they didn't need to check. It was all right. They, they can put up a couple of skyscrapers without checking in with me. They didn't need to check. If I'm gone for a decade, it's probably... I probably don't have the right to complain about that, you know. But uh, one of the things I did, which I was looking forward to, I put aside a day for this. Um, I borrowed my friend Callum's bike, right? And I rode all the way out to one of the universities that I used to attend, uh, La Trobe University, along the Darabin Creek Trail, which is one of my favorite. Like, I really miss riding my bike up on the sunny coast. They don't have great infrastructure for it. So I really wanted to have a bike ride. And so I rode all the way out to my old university along Darabin Creek in Melbourne. Beautiful ride. Absolutely loved it, right? Really, really nice trip down what was quite literally a memory lane, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, the only way it could be more literal is I imagine you cycling past a sign that says memory lane on it, but I think that might be a little bit too on the nose. Yeah, yeah, it was. And it was it was really it was really good. Listen to some, you know, old music that I used to listen to, listen to some old podcasts that I used to listen to while I was riding. It was a really nice experience. But then I realized um, La Trobe University is right next to the suburb of McLeod, which is where I was uh, not born, but like that was where I was I guess it's where I spent the first five years of my life before we moved to Richmond. And I was like, I haven't been in McLeod for ages. Like, I'm just going to... And I remember there was a massive 4, hill 000. that went... Oh, we're getting close. Massive hill that went down over the train tracks near my old house, near the Rosanna Parklands. And I was like, oh, it's actually really close and it'll be super easy to ride there because I can just go down this massive hill. So I rode to the direction of this massive hill mm-hmm. and I was stunned. Like, I haven't been to McLeod for 30 years almost, right? Mm. This hill is so small. Oh, I hate that. Well, it is, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a sad kind of joy. I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly okay. what you mean. So then, I cross over the tra- the railroad tracks and I see Rosanna Parklands, and I have many very vague but still many memories of going to Rosanna Parklands when I was like, you know, these are memories that are so blurry. It's like I'm three or four years old, right? Mm-hmm. And I was at Rosanna Parklands on the bike, and I was like, oh, okay, so I'm. Oh, geez. Uh, so it's about a half an hour walk from the parklands to my old house. So it's about a 10-minute bike ride, right? So I checked the maps to find where the house was and check the address. And it's like, yep, two minutes. And I was like, what? Your bike? No. No way. I, I barely had to ride down the road before I'd arrived at my old house. Like where I... It was... I remember walking. It was half an hour's walk when I was three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't it, it, I, I don't know how to explain it the, the only way that it made me think of like I've walked around real life Boston and I've also walked around um, Fallout 4 Boston and Fallout 4 Boston it's like playing the really Spider-Man game in New York yeah totally yeah, where they cut out a bunch of blocks it's, exactly yeah. it's very compressed but it still feels the same right like you've still got Central Park in the middle of the map you've still got like the downtown mm-hmm. the Manhattan area or whatever like the skyscrapers then you've got like the Bronx and whatever but it just takes like five minutes to get from one to the other instead of two hours you know mm-hmm I had that experience in real life. And then I looked at this house. This house is so small, right? Compared yep, to yep, yep, yep. what I remembered. It's so small. Um, but I could still see, see a bunch of, like there was a, um, dad and I painted a massive, uh, we saw it painted side, the side of the garage, huge, big thing of blackboard paint. And I remember doing, it. I have very mm-hmm. fond memories of helping dad, like with the brushes and stuff. Um, no, it's about, I'd say, a, a meter wide and maybe 1.5 meters tall still there on the side of the garage which was 
pretty special. Riley, were you were you being prophetic when you did this? Because um, as I recall, he has a wall of blackboard paint in his apartment in Five Hundred Days of Summer. So <laughs> he does. You, yeah. you tuning in early? <laughs> yeah, I was getting into that. It, it, I, I can't. I don't know. It, it impacted me in a really weird way because it's like I know that I know that this is just because I'm bigger. One thousand. Right? Oh, we're getting real close now. Um, like yeah, no, I totally understand. Oh yeah, like the house hadn't shrunk. But that's the only no, way not. that I could contextualize it with my memories. It's like, wow, everything is so much smaller than it used to be. Do you think it's better to leave those things in your memory or go and see them through a different lens? I, I really don't know because then the next thing I did was my Nana's house was about a 15-minute drive away from my um, from where I lived then, right, around the corner in Rosanna. Um, and, of course, yeah, a 15-minute drive in my car when I was – or in my car. My 15, a 15-minute drive in mum and dad's car when I was three or four – uh, took me all of a minute and a half on my bike, right? Like she was literally just around the corner, three streets away. Mm-hmm. And again, I had that experience of just like I, I can't because I knew I didn't this. I didn't need the maps. I checked and then I rode down the street. I was like, oh, I know where to go. I was four. Yeah, of course, no. Four your memory, old. your memory at this age is a lot better than my memory at this age. I don't remember nearly as much of um when we lived in Sandyman at the time. I remember very, very little of that. But even it's not even just when you're a small child. Like I remember when we went to where I lived right up until college, mm. and we had a there was a big hill around the corner, just like you said. And I've been there recently, and it is barely a slope. Yeah. <laughs> like and I was like, oh okay, yeah. And I remember I like, riding my skateboard down that and feeling like evil can evil. I remember that's the, that's what I used to be scared of. Is on my bike, I had to have Dad hold the back of my seat or like make sure that I was okay on the bike when we were near that hill because it was it was scarily big, and then. You know, when I left La Trobe University to, to to ride to it to go down the hill, I was like, "Oh, this is going to come. You know, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be able to like whiz down this hill. It's going to be great, like I did when I was four. And I got I was like, "Oh, is this is this it?" Mm. It was it was a weird experience, man. Right up to the Rosanna shops, there's a bunch of stuff that's still there that I remember, and then a bunch of stuff that is like brand new. And it's I, I don't know how to explain it. It brought like it brought back memories, not in a good way or a bad way, just in a way that was like difficult to process. It was like. It was like playing a video game where like a bunch of stuff had been updated and modded since the last, you know, like going into Minecraft, right? After a couple of years. And all of a sudden they put like pigs in or villages or like there's a new material or something like that. It's like, okay, well, I remember you punch trees and you can build like a, a work tool, a tool bench or workbench or whatever. And then you get the pickaxe and all that sort of stuff. But then like kids are showing you how to build, I don't know, redstone circuits that can do all sorts of weird things that you never knew was even possible it was that like that's the best way i can describe it. it's like I, I remember what this was but what it is now it's still the same but it's so different i don't know i'm not making a lot of sense but it was it was a it was a weird experience man i completely understand i've had that going home and like go, i remember when like i had a very sort of harsh example of that when i left this my, my high school mm. they tore it down and rebuilt it entirely from the ground up dude that happened to my so it's school. just yeah it's just gone like, yeah, but, but then there's there's some stuff that's still there like my nan's house is gone where i where i went and, you know spent time with my, my nana but the the tree in the front yard is still there mm, and, and I can, so it's, all, it's almost like in, in a movie like you'd almost be like is this really even the right place and you go and be like no the tree i remember the tree yeah exactly no because i remember climbing the tree and it's still the same shape it's still i remember like where i would put my leg up to like climb up to the boughs and that sort of thing but yeah, same thing with my primary school. It got knocked down and it's um it's been like developed into apartments or whatever. And I don't know. It's, it's not that it makes me, you know, the time goes on, but 
I, yeah, I don't know how to it, I'm, this is I'm realizing now a very unfulfilling end to this story because nothing happened there wasn't any conflict and there wasn't any resolution to it but it just prompted a bunch of like feelings that I didn't really know how to process it wasn't sadness but mm-hmm. it wasn't like joy it certainly wasn't joy no I totally get it dude it's one of those things it doesn't feel it's like a it's it's like a weird kind of it's a happy kind of sad. I guess that's what nostalgia always is, right? You're happy that different. something happened. But yeah. It's just, yeah. But it was different to like going back to a film that I used to like or a film that even, it's interesting you say 500 Days of Summer, like I interpret it in a different, completely different way now compared to how I did 10 years ago. But like if I go back and watch, I don't know, a, f- a favorite film of mine from when I was young, one that, like if I went back, back and watched a Monty Python film, like I still know them off by mm-hmm. heart, I'm sure, right? And I'd probably still enjoy them a lot, but in a similar way to how I did back then whereas now going and seeing this house that i hadn't set foot in for you know nearly 30 years yeah i don't know i don't know whether it was a good a good thing a bad thing or a or what it was a there's a when stuff is gone like when i go back to my school if i ever go back to my school and it's just completely gone um that's all i feel that's also kind of nice it's 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 almost like in case an amber in your memory then right yeah it it can't be it can't change Mm. It is what it is. They can't, oh, the gym used to be here, but now it's actually this little thing of this. And, oh, I remember there was classrooms here, but they've actually turned it to a car park. There's no, like, ship of thesis in it. The ship has sunk, and it is gone, and we put up a plaque about it, and that's it. And it only exists in your memory. And one by one, the people who remember it that way are going to die. And then eventually that mm-hmm. just, it won't exist like that anymore. I think that's kind of nice. And, yeah, the hill's not the same hill. It's the same hill it was. You're bigger. Obviously, that's, like, the like the physical property of it. But I don't yeah. know. Like, we talked before about how when you're a kid, because of, like, your relative perspective of time, a day, a summer, like, a summer, man, I'm never going back to school again. Are you kidding? Yeah. Three months? Yeah. It's like 10 <laughs> Like, months. absolutely. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, which is why you, when you were like, oh, like, the drive was so much longer, it it probably wasn't. Like it was probably the same. Yeah, but it just the, the walk. Maybe your legs were smaller. Okay, I can give you some 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 yeah, leeway for that. Because <laughs> I, I was talking to mom about this, and she's like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." Uh, getting getting a three year old down that hill to yeah. Arizona Parkland. Yeah, half an hour sounds about right. Yep, 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 yep. Stopping to pick up bugs and oh. look at leaves and do all that sort of stuff. But yeah, anyway, it was a lovely I don't know trip. Really enjoyed it. Loved going down to Melbourne. Um, it was uh, yeah, it, it was mostly good, but it does definitely provoke a, a sense of like. Um, I don't know. It makes me wish in some ways that life was a little bit like a video game and then you could reload a save or like go to chapter select and play through your favorite bit again. I don't know. Like we, I think, I think they're better in your memory for two reasons. Um, one, because it's imperfect. So mm. like, if you, if you, have you ever had like an event that you're really looking forward to? Like a concert or a show or a party or something, right? Mm. Mm. And you get a cold before it. Or a headache. And you still go, but you're like, oh, this is going to ruin it. I'm really annoyed because like, this is my one chance to go see Muse mm-hmm. or whatever. <laughs> my one I'm chance to sick. go see Muse until the next time they come to Dublin. Yeah. Well, yeah. But so then the idea then is like, but if you think back in your memory, I never remember being sick or upset or having an upset stomach for those things. So you edit it you out. Just, yeah. You just you edit that part out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, or the argument you had with your girlfriend or the fact that you were mad at your mom or like, oh, I forgot to bring my sunglasses. All that mm. just gets washed out. Yeah, for the um, most part. I did have a big argument with my ex uh, when we went and saw a Shearwater concert because I didn't think it was very good because they didn't play any of their old songs because they'd just released a new album, which I get, but I do remember the big argument we had out the front of it because she's like, you were so excited about this concert and I was excited to come and see it and I'd been listening to their music and all that sort of stuff and now you're just cranky because they didn't play the songs you want. That's so selfish. And I was like, I feel like it's selfish that they didn't play any of the songs that all the fans were there to hear. We weren't here to, we weren't there to hear the new ones. Um, 
Well, but, I've never. So it's always tricky with that with, with bands, right? Because obviously they want, they want you to buy the new album. That makes sense. But they make most of their money from the gigs, so it's a weird. Maybe they have to because the studio makes them. I don't know. I don't know. It was it was a weird it was a weird show. The the annoying thing about it is I then listened a lot more to their new album, and I yeah I like that I like the songs on it, and I would love to. go Oh no, she was vindicated. Now. But but no, but at the time they didn't mean anything. The album wasn't even out, right? Mm. Like they were play, playing songs they literally hadn't heard before. It was terrible. Anyway. Uh, but no, broadly speaking, I take your point. You edit out the bad bits and you're like, oh man, that was so sick. Like that's what nostalgia does, the rose-colored glasses, right? Yeah. I And the other one is that I think if you don't, if you had access to that, and there's a Black Mirror episode about this called The Entire History of You, I think you'd obsess over it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I'd go back to when I was four or five, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. But you're telling me you wouldn't be going back to 2008? 2008 probably then yeah oh no a bit later i was uh unless i could take my per- like transport my personality back there wholesale and just go and apologize to a bunch of people and be like i know that yesterday i was awful and insufferable and i'm very sorry for that but i'm actually now 34 inside the body of this like 19 year old so um it's hard to explain but basically i'm sorry <laughs> for everything <laughs> i'm so sorry no you never have a dream interact with me again i don't want to look at you in the face but it's, it's fine Let, let's just yeah be a lot of very sheepish apologies to having, for having to deal with to people for having to deal with nineteen year old Riley. wasn't a fun wasn't a fun gig for anyone. Uh, for some reason, because that word started with a G, I thought you were going to say nineteen year Riley wasn't a fun guy. Straight at the bat. Oh, true. That's also very true. Yeah, wasn't a fun guy. wasn't a fun gig dealing with him. Um, how's the queue? Let's talk about anything other than me when I was nineteen. Oh, your tickets have been secured. Oh. Tickets what? have been secured. There was, you may, uh, astute listeners may go back and listen. There was a point where I wasn't as engaged because I got several. There has been an error with the connection. And I was like, oh, no, please don't do See, this to me I now. thought that was just because you were like, yeah, I, I thought that we were having, because we've had a fair few. Actually, this is one of the reasons that I forgot. I, I, I forgot this completely. We tried to record. That's true. We tried we to did. record. And the internet connection was so bad that we gave up. And then we were going to record again on the Monday and then didn't. I don't know why. Um um and now we hit yeah so i thought it was that again but no of course it's self uh, self-evident on the tickets yeah so you you got on what let's talk let's talk seating how what's it looking like not amazing but i first of all i had no choice um but no they're actually um so it's a massive arena obviously mm-hmm. it's like so a, they it's are a, it's a football very stadium. yeah yeah they are very close to the stage but they are to the side which i think is okay well it's uh, i don't know if i'd rather be dead on or very far away yeah would you rather be close to the side or far away to the front i think close to the side i think so too this is where this is roughly where i sat with nicky and i went and saw billy joel and it was really good so I'm i sure would just fine. never go to a gig that big because at that stage like even even going and seeing ben gibbard in this in this i would say medium-sized concert hall right even that was like big like it's not very intimate you know what i mean and the akadak are obviously mm-hmm. way too big to play anything that can't you know no they could never no yeah but it just like at that point, it's like, what's the point of being there? I don't know. It's just, I guess, what you get out of it. It's also just like being there with a bunch of people. And it's it's exciting to look yeah, around and see 100,000 people. Yeah. It's different. You're not there to hear the songs, really. Yeah, you're there to sort you of know? have a shared experience with uh, with people who are on the same page as you about the sort of stuff, yeah. And we jo- we joke a lot about Muse. That's why I like going to Muse because they're like, look, we're not really here for the songs. You're here for like the theatrics yeah, and to yeah. jump up and down and have a fun time. But they, and they, they really that, do like, put cool. on a show, Muse. Like they don't just get up there and play the songs. They they, put, they It's a spectacle. Nick, you know, the biggest gig I've ever been to that's like this is I went and saw Paul McCartney once when I was younger. 
Um, yeah. Hang on, I I, 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 I hadn't finished talking about music. I also wanted to tease you about that. I was hoping you'd come back at me. Just make some comment about how spec like how spectacular the shows are, like all the effects. And oh, stuff. it's actually a phenomenal show. Like, really, it is a sight to behold. Even if you don't like the music, I'd recommend going. Well, that's the whole thing, right? They have to do something to make up for the music they're playing, so they distract you with all the lights and the and the sh- the sounds and the shapes and all the incredible multimedia. Look, I, get stuff. I get it. Dude. It's not your bag. They're not sitting here. There's not for people who sit in, in their 30s talk about how great it was to be 19, you know. For those people, you have you have Ben Gabriel, you have Ben Folds, Death Cab, whatever Listen, you want. Man. We're not sitting here saying how great it was to be 19. We're sitting here saying how miserable it was to be 19. And we wish, Dennis, all we want is just a little, mm, just a taste of that misery once again, because then we actually And just a, for, for a doe-eyed, a doe-eyed Zoe Deschanel to come along and yank you and out of it and just hearts. pull you into yeah, the brightness. That's all we want, Dennis, just to feel something again, rather than this, you know, the 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 anguished comfort of, of early middle age. It's terrible. See, I can't I can't I can't relate to that, dude. I just really want a song about raging against some sort of tyrannical <laughs> government. Maybe there's robots or vampires or something involved. Yeah. And that's a, what I'm looking for. Kind of that's what I can get. Fantasy sci-fi mix that involves vague nebulous enemies and you riding out to battle against them, but but it in the style of like yeah, I don't know what 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 is what what is music genre even like? I guess prog rock. Maybe it's I not, don't know. It's it's there's far too much structure for it to be prog rock, right? Prog's so weird. Alt rock. They're all turned a space rock. Space, okay, I'll give yeah, him that. Actually, rock. you know that's what? Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give him space. Yeah, rock. no, that's fine. I'll take that. Uh, electronic music, hard rock, oh. classical music, and rock opera. That all goes in there, but I think space rock gets them. Anyway, you were about to make a point about something else uh, that I only half listened to because I wanted to get in that sick burn about Muse. Really, uh, really let you know. So I went to I, I do remember going to a giant Paul McCartney concert one time, mm-hmm. and it was like it was one of those things where you I was like well, I wasn't near the front, I was in like the middle middle bit, right? I remember turning around being like, if I need to pee, that's just my problem. There's no there's no way to get out. Oh, this, this and then is you, I, standing room. Yeah, yeah. And you, have you ever been to like a big festival and you get like that and you're like, there's just like 30,000 people behind me. Mm. And and then you start to realize, oh, this is how people get like crushed or trampled at mm-hmm. concerts. Like the groups of humans are just a wave and it's an unstoppable meat wall. It's it's pretty, I find it kind of scary. I, I've only ever been to one huge, fe- I went to a couple of festivals when I was younger, but the only one that I was like, really, this is a crowd that's like uncontrollable, uh, like uncontrollably large was at Lollapalooza in Chicago in, tw- in 2009. Oh, yeah. Um, and do you know the fastest way to get around at Lollapalooza was to crowd surf. That can't be allowed. Well, it was apparently. I don't know. Maybe the rules were different back then, but I'd never crowd surfed before. I'm like, I want to give it a go. So I tapped the person next to me on the shoulder, on the shoulder, because I was there by myself, like all cool kids are, you know. Tapped the guy next to me on the shoulder, mm-hmm. and I gave him like a sort of up, um, like you would a dad if you wanted a shoulder ride, right? Upsies, yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, yeah, sure. So he gave me a boost and and put me up, and then everyone just yeah picked me up, and but they all push you forward. Um, they all push you forward to the front of the thing and then you get pushed over to where the security guards are waiting and the security guard was like, again, like a dad at the end of a slide and he picked me up, right? And he pointed me to the, um, like to where I had to go to exit and I was, I understood if I did anything other than that, I would be in a lot of trouble. But no, they seemed to tolerate it. I don't know. It seemed to be fine. I, that was, when I, I remember going to Oxygen in 2010, which is not that big. It's like 60,000 people. So by festival standards, it's probably pretty small. Uh-huh. Um... But again, if someone felt like faint or got stuck, they would just get the the like 
if the, if walking is a shoelace express, I guess this is this I don't know the arm express out where they get pushed up to the security guards at the front and taken away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if that if you really needed to have a wee, you just crowd surf to the front and then like, thanks, mate. Where are the toilets? <laughs> dude, we've I, think, I don't get, think that would be looked upon too fondly. Let's get Nikki and Norbert to crowd surf, dude. I don't know if that's going to be... Uh, well, first of all, I got some seats for one. <laughs> that's yeah. going to be a tricky It's one. not really a crowd surfing crowd, is it? Nor, they, like, no. I think the average age of the, the people there will be closer to Norbert than, well, than it will be Nikki. If we just assume they're all Angus Young's age, right? Yeah. This man was born in 1955. Yes. British. Yeah. He, uh, He's 68. Yeah. The, the, what, what do you think? Where do you think, what do you think the median age is at, a, at an ACDC concert? It's above 50 for sure now, I reckon. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've gone to like, I remember we went to um like a Creedence Clearwater Bible concert, which mm. I was considering the similar like time zone. And everyone was in their 60s at least. Yeah, right. So I'm maybe even being generous with 50. But then ACDC is like, they've, they've, they've made the, the, the... They're a little harder. Look, they're, they're, their songs are in Tony Hawk games. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think they've saying. made they've, the transition a little I bit. I think they've bridged the generational divide, at least to millennials. I don't know. I don't know what the Zoomers oh, are yeah, for sure. these days, but um, I don't know how much lifting School of Rock does for them there, but I think it's a lot. They're, they've got some classics. Like, I'm not into that kind of music at all, but I, I know some. I know some ACDC songs, right? They're from Sydney, right? They're um, hardcore rivals of yours. Born in Glasgow, yeah, met in Sydney, so they're That's very the much a, a Megan Riley bridge. Well, let me tell you this: when I met um, Megan's dad, who's very into this, he loves his, his Akadaki, he loves you know the Stones, all the classic rock, that sort of stuff. He loves that sort of, sort of thing. So I think Dad he was rock, expecting yeah. AC, us to be able to bond over ACDC because they're a Scottish Australian band, right? And I was like, oh yeah, um, that what's their, they've got like what Highway to Hell? That's their song. And uh, what else? I, uh, um, <laughs> you, you shook me all night long. That's one of theirs as well. And he was just not impressed. Oh my god! Yeah, still, <laughs> still waiting, still waiting for like, something to uh, to bond with him over. Oh dear! You didn't try to blow his mind with narrow stairs or like the shins or something. <laughs> so you get over the wall. <laughs> now listen, Ross. I want to tell you about another band. They're called the Smiths, right? You'll love them. How do you feel about the Decemberists? Silver oh, yeah. Sun pickups, just some great hard oh, hitters. Wow. What have you Googled to get this res- these results? Why are you talking about the Silver Sun pickups, man? That's a name I've not heard in a long, oh, long time. I went to Death Cab on Spotify and I'm on fans also like. Number uh, one, by the way, Postal Service. Well, yeah, of course. It's the same guy. Yeah, I haven't listened to Silver Sun pickups for a while, actually. Pretty good band. Vampire Weekend, that's a little more mainstream. Vampy Week's definitely. Iron and Wine up here, yeah. Iron and Wine. Well, that's because of the Postal Service crossover as well, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he's great. Yep, yep, yep. Arcade Fire also very very mainstream. Well, they won a Grammy, so they yeah they gave up all their indie credibility when they won a Grammy. They they've performed on Saturday Night Live multiple times. They're not you know what I mean? Like, yeah 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 yeah. They're still really good though. That can I can I tell you? Um, fifteen years ago, I would have not listened to Arcade Fire if they were where they are now because they would have been too like the image of liking Arcade Fire wouldn't have wouldn't have gelled with my Pitchfork Kid deal. I was really insufferable. First of all, I know, I'm so I know sorry to everyone. I know zero Arcade Fire songs. I'm just looking at their top popular ones. Never heard of any of these. Second of all, um, something I look at is um, when I, te- I teach a marketing class, and I teach um, uh, one of the things I look at is what companies advertise you. You can look at like on Facebook what companies have targeted you based on your demographics, right? For example. Oh, interesting. I didn't. And know my that. top one. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link after. My top one is always Pitchfork, and I am offended. What? I'm like, stop it. Yeah, no, Dennis. They. I don't see- ever. I don't. Dennis, they see in you great potential. That's the thing. You could but, be a pitchfork kid if only you. Would I too could also hate. Hey, I too could also love Kanye West, except for like one album, I guess. Um, I'm sure I could get I don't behind. Know where, it. Actually, I wonder where Kanye West is with with, with Pitchfork now. 
They were huge on Kanye. I remember that was like oh, one of the main things. It was so performative, man. They gave my Twisted yeah. Dark Fantasy Nightmare whatever. They gave it a 10 just for clicks, like just for headlines. I don't know. I, I, never I mean, they're doing that. the same to Muse, man. They're giving Muse bad ratings, and it can't be because of the, the, uh, the merits of the actual songs. No, it's no definitely way. for the buzz, dude. It's definitely get people talking. Yeah, for sure. Get How those we- Muse heads cooking. Absolutely. How are we on Pitchfork again? How does this keep coming up, man? Let's talk about Because it's a core part of your identity. No. Your topic again this week was like, remember when I was young? Okay. All right. All right. It's either, we just either, it's, it's that it's all roads lead to Rome, except all roads lead to us talking about news or Pitchfork. 19-year-old Riley. that you like or how insufferable I was 15 years ago. It's awful, dude. I love that I get a free ride here because let me tell you, 17-year-old atheist Dennis who thought he knew better than everybody else is no more fun at a party than Pitchfork Kid Riley. But, but I, get a, I, I, get, I get a free ride the I'm, getting, I'm trying to get out ahead of the scandal, dude. I'm trying to get out because when it comes out, like when I, when I get, you know, cancelled for being... No one gets cancelled for being annoying. Oh, dude, wait, just you wait. Just you wait, man. I'll find a way. I'll find a way. 19-year-old Riley, like, oh, I'm so glad Twitter wasn't a thing because I would have had some tweets, man. I would have had some tweets. Surprised you didn't have like a... A blog. Well, this is the thing, right? This reminds me of the... I I feel very sorry for the Zoomers, right? Because they just weren't... I talked about this, yeah. There weren't the opportunities to record the dumb stuff that we did and said and thought. It's a blessing, for sure. I don't think I I did anything that I could be cancelled for, uh, but I definitely had awfully insufferable opinions about music and culture and like authenticity right and i was very judgmental of like poses and all that sort of again i don't think i'd be cancelled but i definitely would have it wouldn't i wouldn't get cancelled for it in the same way that like you know sexual offenders do but i would i would lo- i think i think i would lose a, a lot of people's like i think you know people listen to this podcast like oh right right he's an all right guy or they hate listening in which case i've already lost them but you know i think it would ruin you my, didn't do uh, it you didn't you didn't you didn't do anything illegal except for in the court of public opinion like I think it's probably no, the, but even the way that makes me. I'm, I'm now trying to like dig up because it sounds like you know I, I flirted dangerously close to like you know really problematic like behavior. No, I was just a super judgmental, insufferable jerk. Um, when you were a hipster. To... You were just a massive hipster. It sounds like. Listen, we don't need to throw terms like that around. Okay, you know, there's a lot of uh, weight charged behind words like that dennis you know you gotta be aware of a lot the, of mustache uh, tattoos and penny farthings and <laughs> like i never quite got that bad but i'll tell you what i was flirting with it anyway. i can't believe it is a it is a blessing that you don't drink coffee because you were, i'm sure you would have been awful about it well i just in the same way that you do have those insufferable people who base their entire personalities around coffee right i was one of the people who based his entire personality around cons- the consumption of music yeah, but you dodged you dodged coffee and craft beers because you don't drink either of those things. True, and you, I true. mean, honestly, bully for you because a coffee is probably not it's it's a weird like societally acceptable caffeine addiction. Hmm. And b uh, craft beers taste like someone farted in a cup full of fairy liquid. So I don't understand. Like, and, and you're saying that if I had compounded my musical insufferability with coffee and beer as well, like I would have. I think you would have never escaped. I think those are two riptides that affect people yeah. who are in that space because I, they're very star. heavily associated. It would have been a neutron star of insufferability. You're never escaping from it. A neutron star collision. Hang on. Now we're talking. Now we're back, now we're back in the space <laughs> race. <laughs> let's, let's now now you've piqued my attention. Let's talk about how insufferable you are. Let's talk about 17-year-old atheist Dennis, dude. 
Oh, 17 year old atheist Dennis thought he knew thought he, it's one of those things where like you hit this like I think maybe it's a uniquely male experience, I'm not sure. But when you get to 16, 17, you think you know better than absolutely everybody. Mm. You read the God delusion and you're cooking. Mm. You're off to the races, man. Mm. And you just become this like you just um actually everybody into oblivion. Mm. And you think that being logical is more important than being liked. Spoiler alert, it's not. Um and it's just, that's the way you live your life. You're like Occam's razor your way through existence. Mm. And you think that if you believe you're being reasonable you can never lose an argument yeah even if it's like a personal one where you, where you've offended somebody or but someone's you can, annoyed you, can, you because you try to you talk like someone that. out of their feelings you say well no no you shouldn't be offended because it doesn't make sense for you to be offended yeah you're out here filibustering interpersonal relations and that's just no way to live yeah, your life oh but you uh you've made your way through it dennis and now look at you a lovable easygoing fellow no one's got a bad word to say about you you know what I use as a mark of my uh, that I think I'm a generally likable person, Go and it's I think a good a good metric. I get asked for directions a lot. Okay, that's this is ridiculous. How can how can that possibly? That's just based on purely on appearance. Nah, I'm putting out I'm putting out a vibe. You're putting um, out a yeah, vibe, I probably. I, yeah, you're putting out a vibe that's like, oh, that guy looks like a nerd. He probably knows where he probably he probably, he probably knows enough about the street layout of this area that he can tell us where to go. Oh, let me tell you, I don't, by the way. Horrific sense of direction. But, you, um, but that's, you, not, that, that's not the point. Do you give people directions anyway? Like with the blind confidence? Oh, oh yeah, I give, them, I give it the yeah. college try. I give it the college try. Absolutely. Yeah. I was very, I think I've told this story before. I was very proud uh, when I visited Cork, right? The Irish city of Cork. Mm. And someone stopped me for, from, for directions. And I knew where to send them because I had just come from there. Oh, you're basically a local. Let's yeah. go. It felt amazing to like. I started talking in an Australian accent to this Irish person, like, "Oh, do you know where the blah 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 restaurant is?" I'm like, "I've just walked past it. It is just down that way." Blah blah. You go this way, like that. It was amazing. I felt very very smart. Looking to use the dunny, just jump in your Ute and head down down the road here. Yeah. Take two lefts, and you're you're cooking. <laughs> that was what it was. A Ute. Something about a Ute with your mum. What was it? It was about the, I don't know what we wanted to say, but my mom messaged me. She was like, I know what a youth is. What are you talking about? And oh, I was like, nice. oh, sorry. She was, she, was, she was upset that I didn't know what a youth okay, was. Okay, so now so you've, got go and, you've got to go and ask your mom what the thing was that we needed to update an update on for the last episode and then get that update. Okay. All right. I'll, up to update incoming, I'm sure. Look forward, everyone, in episode 102 for us to completely forget about this and never bring it up ever again. At some point, it's on the listeners for expecting any different. It's like it's it's like it's the whole definition of insanity thing, right? They you know what they're they know what they're for, man. They yeah. know what they're saying. Well, like they listen to this podcast week in, two weeks out, and um, and they they know what's coming. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Have a Listen to This. We do hope you've enjoyed the episode, and hey, if you haven't doesn't matter the, the download numbers show up all the same so whatever suckers but if you did enjoy this show please tell your friends about it and uh, look tell people that aren't your friends tell acquaintances and even your enemies again the downloads show up all the same uh and if you want to support the show if you really like the show this much you can uh, support us on patreon patreon.com slash have a listen to this you get access to uh, behind the scenes stuff early early access to episodes all sorts of things uh we are definitely in this for the money, not for the love of the game or anything like that. So head over to Patreon and uh, help us get them rookie numbers up. 